welcome to GradCast, the official radio show and podcast of the Society of Graduate Students at Western University. I'm your host, Emily Hutchinson, and we are recording a special episode of our Scoop on Sogs series. So today, uh, we have a very special Sogs person. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, no, thanks for introducing me. Or no, you have it. I'm I sorry. have it. Yeah, you, you do it, and then <laughs> okay. I'll do it at the end. Um, yeah, my name is Kay Savi, uh, Kanagasave. I'm the VP Student Services at Sogs, but I'm also a graduate student at Western as well, doing my PhD in medical biophysics. Okay, let's dive into it. So we have, this is our third scoop on SOGS. So we know a little bit about them, but can you just start us off, remind us who or what is SOGS and what do they do at Western? So SOGS, also known as the Society of Graduate Students, it is the graduate uh, student union that represents about 7,000 uh, members at Western University. We provide uh, several services such as the health and dental plan, um, a lot of food banks, subsidies, but we also host a lot of uh, social events. So mm-hmm. we're kind of a mix of the social and the services, but we also have a significant advocacy unit. So um, a lot of the pillars are in gender concerns, mm-hmm. racial equity, pride, um, accessibility, and so on and so forth. Um, but yeah, like it's it's in a nutshell, we we're we're just buddies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're on the side of the grad students, which is really yeah. cool. So who gets to be on SOGS? Like, what is kind of the structure of who's on it, and then can anyone just kind of sign up and join? Yeah. So honestly, everyone is everyone that's a graduate student is a member of SOGS. Okay. You do pay membership dues into it. Mm-hmm. Um, So yeah, you're automatically on it. It depends if you want to be more involved. So say you want to be a part of a committee or be part of GradCast. uh, (laughs) You just got to, you know, hit up one of the VPs or the chairs and be like, hey, I'm interested in joining and you'll be more involved with the society. But everyone that's a graduate student is already part of uh, SOGS. Okay. And so how did you get into SOGS? Have you always, did you start right when you first got here in grad school or did you kind of work your way in another way? It was funny. I joined in 2020. So that's Mm -hmm. when I started grad school in September. Um, And I joined the equity committee, which no longer exists. I guess it's been uh, adopted as the racial equity and inclusivity committee now. Yes. But I just joined as a member. Um, again, it was during the pandemic, so there wasn't a lot of engagement in person, but we we tried our best to yeah. like you know interact with each other. And then fast forward to, uh, I want to say January 2022, I saw a position for the speaker uh, come up. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, why not? It's just for fun. Let's try it out. Um, I have no comfort, like I have no experience in governance, but I'm like, why not? Let's try it. And so I ran for speaker and I got elected. Um, Great. Yeah. And then well, after what that. What does a speaker do? Oh, well. <laughs> So speaker chairs um, council, which is okay. right now, um, I guess, our board in a sense. Mm-hmm. And so you have a lot of uh, graduate students that represent different departments and they bring up any concerns that are happening with their respective departments. Um, but then it's also the space for the executive or non-executive officers to kind of report on ongoing projects or mm-hmm. issues or things that they've discussed with campus partners, um, as long as it's not confidential. Right. Um, it's just a space for us to talk about the well-being of our membership, but also the progress of the society as a unit, as an organization. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. And so the speaker tends to follow like Ro- Robert's rules of orders, um, making sure everyone is given an opportunity to speak because mm-hmm. you know we are we are we want to be as um, as inclusive as possible. Um, and yeah, then there's motions and orders and whatnot. Yeah. So that's speaker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was not my favorite role. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest; it's it can get isolating with yeah. saw uh, with the speaker role because you can't have. Uh, you can't sit on different committees. You can't oh. sit on. You can't. Um, you're not part of the executive team either. So you, it's just you and the deputy speaker. Right. Is uh, that just so you're impartial? Yeah. 
yeah, it's just so you're impartial um, and you just focus on the governance and the okay. bylaws. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's why I switched to VP Student Services in May and loved it since then. Yeah, that's yeah. a big shift too, yeah. right? From like just rules and, and governance to student services, everything yeah. they do. So why don't you tell us about what your student services role entails? Right. So I guess it depends on the projects I take. Last year when I was also the VP Student Services, a big part of my projects were focused on the food bank, mm-hmm. housing and food insecurity. Um, I saw a wave of food bank vouchers come in or applications come in, and mm-hmm. we were just going through our funds quite quickly. Um, but there was a growing demand with the housing crisis as well. And so yep. using that data, I started to parse um, what I can and try to advocate to campus partners about some of the challenges we were facing at the society, considering mm-hmm. you know we are a graduate student union or an advocacy unit, but we cannot bail every single student out. There's a, there's a bigger systemic issue here. Yes, yeah. And so from that, we ran, I launched like a housing and food insecurity survey, got one of the highest response rates, about 21% for that mm-hmm. survey. And using that information, like, again, students put in some of uh, some feedback or some concerns, I was able to like draft up a report. Mm-hmm. And that's what led to a lot of the initiatives that we saw in 2023 uh, winter, mm-hmm. such as the $1.5 million in graduate bursaries. Yes. Um, yeah. Western acting on getting more um, housing uh, apartments available for uh, graduate students and upper year students as a whole, increasing the minimum funding package for PhD students, mm-hmm. um, and uh, there was a new grant for international students. So if you're a first time uh, newcomer to Canada, mm-hmm. you are eligible for a thousand dollars, and that's just so that they can guy buy any basic uh, necessities or maybe pay rent before their uh, first uh, paycheck comes yeah, in. Yeah. Um, but that was like a big bulk of the focus last year. So I focused more on graduate well-being last year. Mm-hmm. But there are other committees like the Orientation Social Committee and also the Health Plan Committee. With Orientation Social, we're different compared to USC or the University Student Council, where which is mainly for the undergrads. Mm-hmm. We have Orientation Week every term. Yes. And so we have our biggest one is in September. Mm-hmm. But we also have one in January and in May. And so it's a whole week of us just planning events. Um, the chairs at the time, Jenica and Casey, handled it so well. They mm-hmm. they covered all the events, all the social. So I felt very grateful to have them. And again, with graduate peer support, also very like great chairs and same thing with the health plan committee. But um, health plan committee was more about looking at the services, seeing what the premiums look like, mm-hmm. seeing our usage and seeing, okay, we saw a spike in our mental health usage mm-hmm. in our claims and we're trying to find what are some additional programs we can add to the plan that can reduce I guess the usage on the benefits itself and so more people can use these programs and I can go into a whole spiel about this but the whole point is so that our cost goes down our number of claims go down but yep. people are still getting that service elsewhere and so uh, we were able to negotiate um, this long-term uncapped no out-of-pocket co- uh, counseling service wow. known as conversations yeah um, and it was it meant to replace empower me which was more of a mm-hmm. short-term counseling option mm-hmm. but it's meant for students who just want to explore um, counseling but don't feel comfortable going to the one on campus or don't really want to spend out of pocket, there's this alternative that exists. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of my work was looking at data, <laughs> as you can tell, and seeing what can we do with yeah. the information we have that can benefit the membership. GradCast is under the VP Academics right. portfolio. That's kind of our thing. So what are your ones? It's health plan and then... Orientation and social yep. and okay. graduate peer support. Okay. And yeah. then so do you sit on each of those committees or are you kind of like the top part of that pyramid to bring it to the rest of the council? So I'm like the official liaison. Yep. Okay. And so 
usually you know it's between me uh, the committee chair and then council so i try to relay information back and forth mm-hmm. um i try to give the chairs autonomy so i'm not sitting in every single meeting but right. this year with health plan i am more involved mm-hmm. um just so that like i can help them with tendering so that's one of my projects this year yeah. um but yeah no uh i oversee them but i i see as i see it as me working with them like i i see what they what they bring to me and what can i work what can i do with that and Mm -hmm. if i need more help and i go to council yeah okay this is awesome the question that's kind of coming to mind you mentioned some huge things like housing food mental health like these are gigantic problems Mm -hmm. can you kind of describe how they go from like the idea to the implementation how long does that take (laughs) (laughs) who's involved like these are such big deals yeah no i mean i guess some of this is with the help of the rest of the executive committee and Mm -hmm. at that time in 2022 to 2023 um it was under the faca presidency um when they noticed that the food bank was being depleted it wasn't just the food bank our child care subsidies were being depleted Mm -hmm. a lot of our social events as long as they're being subsidized they all sell out and so we noticed there was a trend in the society where like we are filling in the gaps Mm -hmm. that the university hasn't seen yet and or it hasn't been brought to their attention and so when they notice that this is a pressing concern and then at that time we had a volume of students email us about the housing crisis and Mm -hmm. telling them they can't afford the rent or they couldn't find a unit and that they're living in airbnbs or hotels and it's expensive and so the timing of all of it just happened to fall into like okay we need to act on this so the survey was a reactive measure with proactive solutions that we had in place so Mm -hmm. we had a criteria of short-term solutions to resolve our current concerns but in the long term this is what we need to make sure this doesn't ha- this is not a chronic um, condition anymore mm-hmm. um, but yeah at that time it was the executive committee the staffing and also the membership you know constantly letting us know like what their what their challenges are and bringing it to us and it's exhausting and it's draining but at the same time it was motivating because we're like okay this is what we have to, they're, they're they're asking for help this is what we can do mm-hmm. um, but also campus partners every meeting we use like we met once a month and we use every single meeting to like focus on like one project Mm -hmm. that had six goals in it and we would brainstorm with the other vps or at least i did Mm -hmm. and like how can we combine so for example the funding package piece is an academic component right Mm -hmm. the uh, bursaries is more of an advocacy and service component and a finance component if you think about Mm -hmm. it and then the housing it's just it embeds all of our like all of our goals and all of our portfolio i guess mandates Mm -hmm. um but yeah, camp, again, using that timeline, it was hard because you only see them once a month mm-hmm. and you had to be very, like, you had to be very capturing with the data, right? So the first six months was me t- bringing them up, like, this is how much funds I had in the food bank, this is how much has been used, this is how much I have in childcare, this is how much has been used, these are the emails I'm getting. Yeah. So just keeping track of that, mm-hmm. then showing the data from, like, the past five years, like, you know, this hasn't changed, it's not a new thing. And then getting that new data from that sur- uh, that uh, survey also really did help shed light on the current issues. Um, and we saw started seeing the fruit. So this hap- started in, I want to say, like July, August. Mm-hmm. We went full force in October. Had to do a quick turnaround with the report and preliminary like, data analysis in like November. Yeah. And then we got the report finalized and submitted in January to every single campus partner. And we saw the fruit in February, and then we saw more come in March. So it took almost like about like a year. Yeah, to That's get there, a lot. Yeah. Do you have experience with data management? Like a lot of what you say is looking at the data. Yeah. Like no, <laughs> <laughs> I it was just like relations. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I see numbers here. 
I see that it's related to this group mm-hmm. and just parsing whatever like I ask simple questions and I try to draw a relationship between those simple questions okay. it was very basic linear relationships how do you organize your life <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of an outside the box yeah, question I mean honestly I really do enjoy like the work I did or like I'm doing with Zogs, the services portfolio, Mm -hmm. it really does speak and satisfy a part of me where I'm like, I know what I'm doing is definitely going to benefit at least one person. And it complements my research in a weird way as well, because I'm, though I'm in a more like technical, like physics degree, Mm -hmm. I'm developing something that can be eventually used in a clinical study and help with with patients and whatnot and find some sort of like, I don't know, objective measure uh, for their illness. And so like, they kind of complement each other and because I enjoy it I find that I make time like mm-hmm. it's like it's never been like a oh it's a chore I've never saw it as a burden it was refreshing it was it was I can fix I was like I like this I enjoy this and yeah. that that's why I finished it that's great yeah yeah that's amazing what kind of time management advice would you give to someone who has like this massive workload like do you schedule time like this is the time I'm doing SOG stuff this is the time I'm doing grad stuff this is the time I'm doing fun stuff or does it kind of blend together how do you organize that and make sure you're not devoting too much of yourself to one thing or another yeah that's a great question I mean priorities are important and mm-hmm. seeing what deadlines are coming up and so say I have major deadlines for my research that is always going to take priority because yeah. again I'm a grad student first more than anything mm-hmm. it's student then leader and yeah. so um, I definitely prioritize that and I make sure I'm always like meeting with my supervisors or my lab mates just making sure like I'm motivated to show my work um, mm-hmm. and they're looking forward to it and I'm looking forward to presenting to them so that there's that piece so yeah if there's a conference coming up or like a publication that I have to do then I prioritize that in terms of SOGS it had its own pressing deadlines last year as well mm-hmm. um, and it's just like I know when those meetings are coming and based off that I just put stuff t- together like, you know a few days before that I present to like the executive committee at the time just so that they're in the loop as well mm-hmm. and they can give me more feedback so I can refine it um, but again it's very deadline based and if I can't make a deadline I have to see which one is m- more urgent mm-hmm. like so I'll, I'll have to sacrifice one or the other um, but overall, it's always been a balance. Like, I think I always found a, it's never been like I'm spending three days on dogs only or three days on my research yeah. only. Yeah. So find joy in what you do. That's what helps with the management. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So speaking of finding joy in what you do, what has been, this might be a hard question to answer, what's been the most proud moment you've had through SOGS? Like, what has been the thing where you're like, yes, I did that. It, com- it got to completion. And what made you most proud? I think... And I'm talking about a lot of stuff from last year because we're in the middle of this tenure. Mm-hmm. But seeing the fact that something as small as the food bank usage drove me into like like running like a multi-pronged project mm-hmm. and shedding light and being one of the first universities to kind of like, you know, bring this to the campus partners and get and getting good results out of it. So that $1.5 million bursary, it was a huge, mm-hmm. uh, huge deal for us because we've never gotten that a big amount before in the society and again a lot of that came from teamwork as well like uh, at the time like Danica Faka was like mm-hmm. very very much she she saw the data she saw the information she used every single opportunity she could to bring that to every single board or meeting or council mm-hmm. and she extended it past uh, Western and, and SOGS into like different spaces as well and so 
there was an appreciation for that because it came from a team, like a cross-functional team collabor- uh, collaboration, mm-hmm. but also the mental health projects um, where we were able to negotiate conversations. Mm-hmm. That was like a lo- like that was what I campaigned for as well during my tenure, and I really wanted a 100% fully covered, no out-of-pocket service. And when it presented itself, the biggest challenge was cost. I was like, this is like an expensive program to implement on it within the membership. And mm-hmm. at the time, the membership services manager, uh, Jessica Riley, was a huge advocate for it because we knew that this will be well utilized. We just need a the data to see like mm-hmm. who else has ran this and then how could we fit this in our plan without messing up or increasing the premium so much. And so seeing that also fall like I think a few days after or before the end of my tenure was also very refreshing because it was like it all came full circle the things I actually like said I was gonna do finished it I finished it so Mm -hmm. um yeah it was refreshing yeah yeah no that's really good okay and then on the other side what is the worst part about Uh, your job what is something that is just really draining or that you want to improve maybe or just what's the worst part I think with any service Mm -hmm. at the end of the day SOGS is a service and this is also with healthcare you people do not see the day-to-day operations and they do not see the the labor we're a very small team we're Mm -hmm. five vps that are that work day-to-day and then we have four core staff right Mm -hmm. but for an organization that represents seven thousand people that's not enough at all you know we're spread really thin and so a lot of the challenges at least again i'm going to speak to last year was that the membership um you know, they're going through their own challenges and they'll project it onto you because they're really hoping, you know, we'll do something to save or help them. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes students forget that we're also students as well. And mm-hmm. so we're really spread thin and we're being accused of like not doing enough or, or mm-hmm. not being enough, honestly. Like, I think that's what really got to me where like that constant, like, I wasn't really given the benefit of the doubt that yeah. I'm like, you know, yeah. just because these campus partner meetings are not public, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean these conversations are not happening. And mm-hmm. so there was a time where I actually had to interact with the student and they, um, as I was going to the doctors, they kind of berated me for, you know, not being, not being enough or not doing mm-hmm. enough. Um, mm-hmm. And again, I didn't know them personally at all. This is like, a, I remember just knowing that I'm an executive just yeah. coming to me and wow. saying these things. And um, I think it really hurt me because I was like, damn like I put a lot of time yeah. into this all the, like and this was like in February so this is before I found out about okay. the big projects yeah. coming into place mm-hmm. I was like talking about all these reports but they don't know they yeah. haven't seen them because these are private meetings and mm-hmm. so I think it's moments like that where I'm like it gets exhausting for sure um and it's just not enough no matter in any service so it's not just SOGS yeah anywhere yeah um but you just have to like look past that because right. If you let that get to you, then it's not meant, this model is not meant for you, right? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I just kind of had tunnel vision. I'm like, I have these goals. I'm just aiming for those goals right now. Yep. Anything else is just noise and I can't, I can't get distracted. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, that's so hard. Yeah. <laughs> Especially since you're also dealing with like a whole grad degree. Are you, oh, yeah. are you doing a PhD? Yeah. So why don't you tell us about that <laughs> yeah. as well? Because normally yeah. we fill a whole grad guest episode just about the PhD. Right, right. Like that's yeah. a big job on its own. So you're in medical biophysics, is that right? Yeah. Actually, my dad also did a PhD in medical biophysics. Oh, so that's kind of that's cool. cool. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but why don't you tell us about that? What kind of things are you researching? Right. So I am uh, more on the uh, magnetic resonant physics, so mm-hmm. like the MRI scanners. Yeah. Um, so I'm developing like a pulse sequence. So that's just basically a lame way of saying like I'm telling this machine to do these things mm-hmm. so that I can, for example, see neurochemicals in a section, like a little cube within the brain itself. Okay. And so I'm trying to assess um, some basic neuroscience here, but like excitation, uh, inhibition and right. antioxidant, like just neurochemicals. Just okay. want to see those guys. Yes. Okay? <laughs> Break it down. <laughs> yeah. I just want to see them. Yeah. And they're like 
and I guess to see them, you have to see the concentrations, and they're usually in like these little signatures, mm -hmm. line like line art yep. in a weird way. Yeah. And so I'm using my MRI sequence to see these neurochemicals, quantify them, mm -hmm. and seeing is there a correlation between these concentrations and patients that are living with schizophrenia or oh. any sort of mental illness. Yeah. But right now I'm on the development end, mm -hmm. and so it's on. It's been going great. But it, that was also another challenge, yeah, right? Like yeah. the development end, there's like a lot of hiccups and bumps that come up the way and yeah. Okay, that's really, really cool. And that sounds like a lot. So instead of asking all the technical questions that might be difficult uh, for the general audience, including myself, uh, talk more about the mental health portion of this and how this might be used. I know you're still probably in the developmental phase, but how long before the research you're doing is gonna be translated to the field? Right, no, that's a great question. and. Because my work is like, again, I'm developing a technique. As soon as it's been like, you know, approved, I guess, in or tested in healthy volunteers and seeing like, okay, in a healthy volunteer, I can see these neurochemicals and I got good, reliable detection of these neurochemicals and the concentrations are pretty much consistent, then it's just a matter of including it in like an imaging protocol. So like, for example, they'll be running other scans as well. Yeah. And then they'll they'll add a snippet of like my false sequence and they're tar if they're like, if a clinician's like, I wanna focus on just this metabolite or this neurochemical, mm -hmm. um, then they're more likely to just use that sequence, get their data and then go about their way. But keep in mind, like with uh, psychiatry, like a lot of diagnosis, it's still done by just whatever it's subjective so whatever yeah. the patient kind of tells them verbally and mm -hmm. the notes that they make imaging is not part of that yet and so every single study that we have out here and we see like there's a correlation or there's like some sort of relationship that just makes the case stronger for a psychiatrist to also mm -hmm. or just the Canadian system to include imaging as part of their um, psychiatric diagnosis as well yeah wow yeah. okay that's super awesome uh kind of the last question this might be a big one too but what's next for you so you're still in it right now you've got more time in your phd you're still in this role on SOGS but how are you going to use these skills that you're learning now for your future have you thought about that at all oh yeah like it's a blend like I was I always talk about this with my supervisor I'm like I enjoy like the projects um like the services that I get from SOGS, like the, the the work from there, but I also enjoy the technical, the research, mm -hmm. the critical part of, of the research end as well. And so blending the two, I know the most ideal option would be becoming a clinical scientist. It's just how much fuel is left in the, in the yeah. gas tank, you yeah. know, because, you know, it's it's a long journey, right? And so right. I think that's one of them, but also like, I think now we're just exploring like what other industries are out there that kind of do the same thing where like you still get that management piece but mm -hmm. you're 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 holding on to like the research itself and so like looking at other like imaging companies um but also if it's not imaging something something that's technical like yes. you know i really do enjoy that piece it, yeah. it, it it's fun when when things work and the puzzles like start to fit it, it's a lot of fun do i understand all the time not really <laughs> you just look at patterns and you see okay yep. that pattern makes sense yeah and then there you go all wrapped up perfectly yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome yeah it's great to hear too that like because leadership never serves you wrong. Like mm -hmm. if you if you have those leadership skills, you can team build and get that together. Really, no matter what field you're in, if yeah. it's imaging or something else, it's always going to serve you. So exactly. that's awesome. Well, this has been really informative and awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show. And thank you so much for inviting me. And I'm sorry if I got a little bit caught up in the jargon. I'm like, oh, no, how do I simplify this? Hey, that is totally <laughs> fine. That is awesome. You did yeah. a really good job of explaining it. Oh, thanks. All right. I'll take us out. 
This has been GradCast, the official radio show and podcast of the Society of Graduate Students at Western University. I've been your host and producer, Emily Hutchinson, and we've been speaking with SOG's VP Student Services, KCV, Kana Gasabe. If you'd like to be involved with the show or get into contact with us, you can email us at gradcast at SOGS.ca. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at GradCast Radio to listen to us. We're on Radio Western 94.9 FM, and you can find all of our episodes wherever you find your podcasts. Thank you for listening to this Scoop on SOGS episode and enjoy the rest of your day.